0: For so some of the people that where he talks about, were a hundred men and women who have who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Yes. Now, if you get a chance, look up the word "seemingly" when you get home. You can dictionary because it's really important in a way because one of its meanings is it appears to be true or false to you. Yeah. In other words, it's. The condition they're talking about isn't a real condition other than what you give it, what you make it, yeah? So something can seem to be a problem on Monday when you're not in good condition. The next day it seems not to be a problem when you're in good condition. And then the next day it seems to be a problem when you're not in good condition, condition, yes? So what is it? Is it a problem or not a problem? Monday, it's a problem. You're not feeling good. Let's say you're sick, and so you're a little depressed, and every your your perceptions get skewed. You start thinking people are fucking with you, and all like that. So then that day, there's a, something's a problem. The next day, you feel better. You're not fe- you feeling pretty healthy. You've been to a meeting. You worked with somebody. Your mind's a little more open. The next day, that thing that was a problem isn't a problem. Then the next day. Yeah, you do so You eat like a pound of Agnabas <coughs> or something at night. You watch three lousy movies and you're a little hungover. And then the next day, it's a problem again. What is it? A problem or isn't it a problem? In a sense, it's whatever you you see it as, yeah? So you give everything the meaning it has. You and I, as this, give everything the meaning it has. In other words... The thing doesn't really have a meaning in and of itself. We give it a meaning. Yes? So it says, we're a hundred men and women who have seemingly, I don't know, who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. If it was a hopeless state of mind and body, there'd be no recovery. Yeah? There would be no solution. If it was a hopeless state of mind and body, it would be hopeless. That's it. There wouldn't be any opportunity to be anything other than that. But... It isn't a hopeless state of mind and body because people recover from it. So it's seemingly hopeless, yeah? When you're out there, it seems to be hopeless. So you're just going to keep getting freaking loaded until something really happens to you. But it, it it isn't hopeless, truly, but it seems to be hopeless. Just like if you have a situation, it seems to be hopeless, and your reaction is, is that it's hopeless, but the solution is it's seeming to be hopeless. If the mind could change... Then how you so see it change, would change. Yeah, this is a key. If your mind changes, your world changes. It does. And what I believe AA is is really not a program to produce a spiritual condition because I believe we are one. It's a program to diminish a mental condition. Yeah, it diminishes the obsession with self, which is a mental condition. Yeah. And in that diminishing, something that was there becomes obvious in your life. If, if it's not obvious in your life, it doesn't matter if it's if it's always there or not, because it's not having an influence in how you travel. Just like it says in the, when I was growing up as a Catholic, they always had these these three qualities of God. It was there, it's omnipotent, meaning it's all powerful; omniscient, it's all knowing; and omnipresent, it's everywhere. Then why the hell aren't you feeling it? Yeah. Why the hell aren't we contacting that feeling if it's everywhere? Well, let's say, so are we going to say it's not everywhere? No, I would say <coughs> if there's something that's eclipsing it, yeah? Which is a mental obsession. So when the mental obsession is extreme, you're not going to be able to sense the presence of, let's say, spirit. Because they don't mix, they're like water and oil, yes? Yes? The mental, uh, a spiritual condition in the mental condition is a conceptual condition. You think you're spiritual, yeah? <laughs> it's much different than realizing you're spiritual. Yeah, <laughs> because if you think you're spiritual, you're probably going to make try to convince others that you're spiritual <laughs> by convincing them that they're not spiritual enough. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not, gonna, and they're going to retaliate. <laughs> they're not going to particularly like you stepping on their spiritual toes. <laughs> but, but, so, seemingly, just check it out. You know, because it's telling me that what I used to think was solid isn't so solid. Yeah. So let's say you have a Mercedes. And so in our conditioning, it would represent some prestige, yes? Or, hey, that's a cool car. Maybe it'll be a chick magnet or whatever, yeah? But if an aboriginal saw it, it would be looking at it as a place to sleep. It would kick all the windows out. It wouldn't have any prestige involved in it, yeah? It's giving it a whole different meaning than we would give it, (coughs) yeah? Now, there's the thing. It's a car but to him it would go it would it was, it wouldn't even go there it would look like a house to us it's a car that's enough we had an idea it's a mercedes and then what does that mean yes and then I, it means i'm better than a guy driving a pinto and this uh, meaning is added onto it added onto it added onto it added onto it by the, and so therefore you don't even see it as a car anymore yeah and even if you see it as a car you also give it a meaning that it's your car that you're the owner of the car. That you're the haver of the car. So all day, ev- we're given tons of meaning to everything. That's what happens here. That's why it's called a subjective experience. In other words, when you and I look at the same thing, we may have a different experience of it. Yeah? Not based on the thing, because the thing isn't changing into 8,000 different things, but the mind that's seeing it is giving it a different meaning. So it's nice to realize how powerful you actually are, yeah. that all day, so when you think you have a problem, maybe question it, yeah. maybe question the one who has the problem, because if it's not you that's having the problem, the problem will look different to you, yeah. i telling you. If this is it, you know, in the big book of AA... They have it on page 63, 64. They say it very clearly. They say, being convinced, which means to believe with certainty, the word convinced, yes? Being convinced that self manifested in various ways. Yes? So it manifests in a lot of different ways because it's not a thing. Yeah. It's a possibility. So it takes many forms because it doesn't have a form. If it had a form, it would be stuck with that form. But it doesn't have a form, so it takes many forms, yes? It doesn't have a form. There isn't a thing called a self. It's an idea. So there's the self, and that idea is manifesting in various ways. Yeah? That is what has defeated us. So being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us, period. All right. Being convinced that self, all right, so when I look back at my life, I saw that self is what has defeated me. And when I'd go to an A.E. meeting and everyone would answer what self defeated them, we all had the same answer. My self. M.Y. Yes? So it's actually not self that defeats us. It needs the ability to defeat us. And that ability is provided by the my. Believing it's your self, that's how it defeats us. Yes? Simple as fucking that. I'm telling you. <laughs> as soon as that bridge is made, the traffic it goes on incessantly. Yes, yeah, 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 So yeah. being so, if everyone here would answer, if they've been in AA, they would probably say myself. Yeah, they wouldn't say the self-defeated. It would be my. It's much more intimate. Uh, let's say intimate. It's it feels like it. It feels like it's me. It's driving me crazy. All that stuff. Yep. We're just questioning that my. If that my isn't true, if it isn't yourself, then you could possibly be, lose interest in it. Yeah. Just like if someone comes over to my house and starts talking about their self and how it's defeating them, I'm bored as hell, quickly. <laughs> Literally. I'm just, because it's actually not happening. They're talking about something that's not going on right now. So I'm bored, quickly. But the same situation may be happening in here, and it's held as it's about me or it's mine, and then I'm, I'm wrapped in attention to it. I'm seeing it as the Greek oracle. I'm going to mine some incredibly good nuggets out of all this thinking, yes? See the difference? If it wasn't me, you'd probably have an immunity to it. But if it's you, you don't have any immunity to it. If it's me, I don't have any immunity to it. If it isn't me, there's a possibility of having immunity to it. Because self cannot get out of self. It's a statement we use in AA quite a lot. Self can't get out of self. Let's say if we all signed up today for a two-year course on getting out of the obsession with self, that could be construed as obsession with self. Yeah? Yeah? If I start studying about self and I'm studying about self from self that's self trying to get out of self that's why it isn't successful it doesn't work that's why it says in the book that self knowledge will avail us nothing yeah? it's not saying knowledge will avail us nothing but any knowledge claimed by the idea of being a self is going to be neutered it's, gonna, it's not going to lead you to freedom from self the best it can do is you'll have the hope it's going to lead you to freedom as a self, which that never happens. So I was in AA for about nine, ten years, and uh, I was doing four-step workshops all around the countries, other countries too. So I was always reading how it works and sharing from how it works. And then I heard this message from an outside source. that, hey, bro, you may not be that. You may not be. So I was looking for another form of meditation to practice, yeah? Like a turbocharged form or something. Super, uh, super extreme meditation. So I, I hung off for a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> hoping it would shake me up a little more. And then the person says, hey, bro, why not ask who's the meditator, you know? Who is it that needs to meditate so badly? If it isn't you, you may not need to meditate so badly. (laughs) It's just that simple. The situation that you're in is predicated on who's in it. The situation that you're in is predicated by who's in it. That We are the biggest influence in every situation. It's it's like an axiom in physics where it says, the greatest influence of any experiment is the observer of it. So the greatest influence in any situation is the one who thinks they're in it. Yeah. <laughs> I love this message because my mind is unfettered. <laughs> it's just free-range alcoholism. Yeah. <laughs> I never get tired of it because it's very, very exciting to be free from that fucking thing. Yeah. I mean, I was in a, that irritability, restlessness, and discontent just became a real dominant influence since I've been about six, I'd say. Five or six, when they sent me to school. And then I was just dying from it until I found alcohol. And actually, alcohol was my first solution to alcoholism. You know, When I drank, I got a little relief from alcoholism but it was just a little relief and the consequences I had to pay for that relief had a life of their own you know. my experience was I, I had magnetic appeal to people in uniform when I drink I get arrested and it started at a young age and it continued to the day I got sober <laughs> <You know? laughs> but the thing is society wasn't giving me any substitute they were just threatening punishment They say, if you fucking get loaded again, you're going to go away longer. But the alcoholic of my type is I'm willing to pay any consequence tomorrow not to feel uncomfortable now. And I felt uncomfortable with untreated alcoholism. And the imperative was to get relief from that. And I only knew one basic way that seemed to work, at least temporarily, and that was alcohol and drug intake. And so, no matter what they did, no matter what happened... No matter how repentant I was, in a few days I was right back at the same thing over and over and over again until one day I was in a trailer park. Past the point of being washed up, I was totally pitiful, incomprehensibly, demoralized. i just spent two years in a drug and alcohol program, two years in Delancey Street. I think they have one in the city. They have one in San Francisco too. And uh, they told me that my life was going to get better. And uh, I had a strong suspicion they were wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And it turned out to be true. (laughs) Because as soon as I got out of their control, that irritability, restlessness, and discontent really came up strongly. And the head ran an advertisement saying what I'd been missing for the last two years... And it wasn't a truthful ad, you know. It was making it seem romantic, all those lovely jaunts with my heroin junkie friends. So uh, I bought it. I went to a bar. I had a beer, and that was it. Went on a ten-month run. And then I washed up on the shores of AA. And you know what happened. And that day before I went to the first meeting, I had what they call that moment of clarity. I don't know what you call it, but... What provoked me coming into AA wasn't a bottom. I'd already lived on so many bottoms. I mean, I'd call it home and invite you over. The problem was I kept getting evicted from the bottom and getting sent to another bottom. And I just didn't believe I would, I didn't think there was a low enough point to stop me, really. I was just, I could adapt to every situation. If my right arm was bleeding, I just looked this way. You know what I mean? I swear to God, I just try to avoid fucking everything. And um, when I was sitting in this trailer park with this guy I didn't know. I always like to talk about this, and we were drinking a bottle of Royal Gate vodka. You ever hear of Royal Gate? You probably have a, a matching thing over here, like eighty cents a pint or something. Vodka, pretty cheap, yeah. And uh, I always like to mention this because I've, bought, I've seen there there are bottles since then and uh, their customer service is incredible they realize their clientele and they switch from glass to plastic because <laughs> when you used to drop the glass that would be your night now it bounces back up you know? <laughs> very good move by their marketing department <laughs> but we are drinking this shitty stuff waiting for a mutual friend, hopefully he'd have money to get drugs, you know. And uh, I was just sitting there. I had pretty much settled in that I was just trying to skirt institution jails and death. basically. Just, you know. I wasn't parked there at that point, and I was just trying to get as high as I could because I expected I was going to be parking in front of one of those doors soon. Yeah. And then what happened is my mind stopped. It was incredible. Where the alcoholism applies its glute for the bondage of self, which is, I think, the daily narrative, you know, the voice in your head. It sounds like your voice only because you're identified with this body, but it's, it's got your voice on it. And it's like a radio station, like K-Paul, you know. It's constantly playing golden oldies and, you know, <laughs> telling you, oh, those motherfuckers, who's out to get me that thing. Well, that thing got shut down for a couple of minutes. You know? It was incredible. I didn't think it was possible, really. But it happened. My mind was in a pause that I hadn't seen this, you know, been since, I don't know when. But it there was, it, it, something pushed the pause button, you know, and stopped it. And you know what happened? Some information downloaded. And the information was like a CNN newsflash. Not a big story, but the newsflash was, you're fucked, Yeah. You know? And you know what? I knew I was fucked, but I really felt it this time, you yeah. know? Really hit home. And that muscle of denial, like Arnie Schwarzenegger's arms, let loose and the reality dropped in. And uh, I got up, didn't have another drink, and haven't had one since. And I went to the phone book, called up the program I'd been in, they didn't want to take me back. And then what happened is I called up a woman, she came and picked me up, and then she made a deal for me if you want a place to stay tonight, you got to go to a meeting. So she, that's why I went to my first AA meeting. 24 years ago, and uh, that little bit, that download, has provided a solution that's been thriving for 24 years. Can you imagine if you opened up to that? From whence that came? I can imagine because I did, in a sense. And you will know a peace that passeth understanding. You will have those experience, that state of not fighting anyone or anything and being placed in a position of neutrality, with no thought or effort on our part, the problem will not exist for you anymore, a day at a time. That's a damn good solution, yes? And what occurred was, AA provided a a diagnosis of the disease, and it's sort of like if you had a rash, and you didn't know what it was, and then you read a book and it told you what the rash was and said, well, here's some ointment. Now, I put ointment on and the fact is, once none of them seemed to work, but when I put this one ointment on, it worked. It's good to read what the ointment is for because that's how you realize the problem. Oh, it's for psoriasis. So I had psoriasis. Yeah. So when you get relief from alcoholism, you can actually see you had alcoholism. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, if you misdiagnose yourself, if you believe it's a cold and you actually have a flu, it doesn't matter how much cold medicine you take or how religiously you take it, it's not going to produce a very long-lasting relief. I mean, colds and flus have some symptoms, the same, but not all. Yeah? So this, for me, was just a further diagnosis of the root of the problem when I got this down low when I was 10 years sober. And the diagnosis was that it is an obsession with self. The obsession with self is what the mind does when it's identified as self. It has to keep obsessing over it to keep the identification in place. Because it's like trying to bond water and oil, thing to no thing. So it needs a strong glue, but it needs to have it applied all the time. And that's the language in one's head. Just like they say in research... A baby doesn't have a sense of self until around 18 months, yeah? And it usually coincides with the language center firing. So as soon as we're indoctrinated to language, which is a subjective language used by objects, this is an object, that that language, wrapping around the thoughts, or or, uh, being like the container, or the cover of the thoughts, is what induces the daily trance. because you can't see them as thoughts you hold them as yours Mm -hmm. you believe you're the doer of them you can't see a feeling as a feeling you think it's your feeling and you've had it before and you're afraid maybe you'll have it again you just put it simply put money up there put health there put let's say uh, relationships there Everyone would give a meaning to those words. You want to add weight to them? Put my in front of it. My money. My health. My sex. Hugely different, isn't it? So like a thought weighs an ounce, let's say. You have a thousand thoughts you're aware of during the day. So you're used to traveling with a thousand ounces, yeah? You don't even feel it. when you're You're so used to it, you're walking up mountains... You can't. You think it's normal, so you can't entertain the possibility. Yeah, I can travel lighter. Yeah, well that's all right. So there's the thoughts. Now you add the word my. Now each thought weighs a pound. Now you're walking around with a thousand pounds in your head. You're going to be fucking traveling heavy. And you know what? When you're traveling heavy, you're going to look for relief. Yeah. And that relief, until it's found, is going to be the imperative. No matter how civilized you are, no matter how someone says you can't do that anymore, no matter how it's explained to you, it's not wise, the imperative is I need relief. It's like a blinking light that doesn't go on, go off until you get the relief. It's just going to keep blinking, yes? You can paste over it, you can try to deny it, you can philosophize about it, but basically it's emanating and there's this drive of seeking, yes? Yes? You're not at peace, you're looking all the time for relief, yeah? What's the real solution to dissatisfaction? It's satisfaction. Not a satisfaction that feeds the dissatisfaction, but a satisfaction that is, quote-unquote, the solution to the dissatisfaction, yes? We try to find satisfaction that only feeds the dissatisfaction. That's what addiction is, isn't it? I was really satisfied when I shot a a hit at Coke. But then dissatisfaction arose in five minutes and I had to do another shot of coke. So every time I got satisfied, more dissatisfaction was b- b- built. That's addiction. Yeah? And that's what the mind's in already. The mind is, in a, is addicted to the idea of being a self. Every time it gets a, a stroke and feels, oh, I did. Yeah? There's more dissatisfaction. The more it gets, the more it wants. There is no peace in it. So it says, hey, what we need is a spiritual condition. And then if that spiritual condition is 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 maintained, we'll have a daily reprieve from alcoholism. Yeah? Okay, that sounds great to me. But if a mental condition is trying to become spiritual, good fucking luck. <laughs> but if I'm not the mental condition, you may find yourself to be spirit. Yes? If you're not the mental condition, if you're not this freaking holographic picture of you, comprised of the past, comprised of old ideas and beliefs, comprised of the possibilities of a future that hasn't occurred, yes? If you're not that, you may be that which you need to be. You may be that which you're trying to find. You may be what you're looking for. You, exactly. You may be the secret ingredient to your own life. I found it to be true. So the mental condition diminishes by doing the steps, and by getting out of self, by doing service, yes? Keeping commitments. All of those things weaken the mental condition, and so then another condition gets stronger. It's not, it's not that... It, it isn't like it gets stronger, it gets obvious, that's all. Something that wasn't obvious to you becomes obvious to you, and then its obviousness you realize is what was lacking, when you sense that spiritual, quote-unquote, condition, you realize that's what was lacking. It's a perfect, oh, therefore that, yeah? So you see, that was the problem. You know the problem from the solution. You know that it was identification as self because you've been relieved of it. And you see how far-reaching this identification of self influence is in. It influences everything. And you never question it. It goes into your relationships. When it shows up, it's me. It goes into your money. Oh, that's me again. It brings some crazy ideas about the future. Oh, but it's me. You never check its papers. It walks every into every aspect of your life and comments on it. Critiques it. And speculates and plays God. It says it so clearly. The biggest concept of AA is the third step, right? Turning your will and your life over to the care of a higher power. But in and and you have to see the 12 steps are linear, yes? You can't do step 8 before step 1. So let's say when you come in and you're at step 1 and you're worried about step 9, I'm never going to be able to do step 9, but if you just do the next 7 steps, you'll be ready to do step 9 when you arrive. But you're not ready to do it when you first come in because you have to go through the steps yes so it's a linear thing so in this case it says it right in the book it says first off you you got to quit playing god it doesn't work then it goes next in this drama of life god is going to be the director we're going to be its servants so you got to put the horse before the cart the horse is playing god That's what selfing is doing. That's the activity of the disease in our lives. We may not be drinking and using today, but the selfing is playing God like fucking crazy. Yeah? Playing God. Quit playing God. The beautiful thing is, you can't quit playing God. That would be playing God. So you just admit, I'm not that which is playing God, and that's how you quit playing God. I'm not that which is playing God. If you try to stop playing God with playing God, it's just going to go on and on and on and on and on. That's why self. That's why you know you 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 are the problem. So if you leave here the problem will seem to appear wherever you go. (laughs) I used to go to Thailand and in three days it looked like Staten Island. (laughs) Nothing fucking works. Because it doesn't say we're people with problems, it says we are the problem. And if you are the problem, then there is no solution. The The solution is you are the problem and actually you're not the problem. The problem is you're identified with the problem. And therefore, it can be broken, that identification. Yeah? It's sort of like if I had a tumor, a big tumor here, and I took it to be me. So that instead of just having an operation, I started going to tailors and they make new shirts so I could, you know, form around the big tumor, maybe level it off so I could use it as an armrest for driving, put a little beer there or whatever. And then someone finally says, Why don't you fucking just get an operation? What? Yeah, that's not you, it's a tumor. What? And then, the thing is, you probably won't rush in to get the operation, because you think, i got all those shirts. <laughs> you don't that money. I'm going to live with the tumor. That's what happens. We're invested with the way we are. We're not willing to let go of it. We're invested in it. We've spent so much time listening to this thing, it seems like it would be a crime if we would just walk away. So here, there's a really good example that you can use with the uh, inventory process, okay? So it says, self, being convinced of self, that self manifests in all these ways is what has defeated us. Let's look at its common manifestations, yeah? The next paragraph says resentment. So if you put it together, resentment is an expression or a manifestation of self, yeah? Bill W. made it very clear, self manifested in various ways is what defeated us. It'd be nice to know what us is. Because it's not self, yeah? Self manifests in always a way it defeats us. When we convince of that, let's look at its common manifestations. Which is the first one? The next paragraph, resentment. So really, I believe you can look at it this way, that resentment is a manifestation of self in one's life. Yeah? How is it getting... How are, how, is, how are there so many resentments in my life? There must be a lot of self in my life, yeah? So let's say, okay, there's a guy who has a really nice house and a beautiful lawn. I haven't done this in a while. And uh, <laughs> I like this one. So he has this beautiful lawn and he usually runs around with no shoes on in the morning dew, you know, and he, he does little angels in there. And he, uh, he has like, he plays lawn, uh, lawn whatever that's called, croquet. And invites people over has bands there picnics it's a large part of his life it's really enriching him and then one day he jumps out off the run around in the morning dew and he lands in some shit dog shit yeah so he, he steps back and he steps back and he steps into some more shit so he jumps on the porch cleans his feet off and his life already gets smaller he's got to wear shoes now yeah that possibility of running around is not a possibility anymore so then the next morning he jumps out, and he makes sure he misses those two loads of shit, and he steps in another shit. So he gets in the porch, and he, just, just, he does what an alcoholic would do. He just closes the door, pulls the blinds, and just forgets about it. Then he goes out, and there's more shit everywhere. He comes in, he just closes the blinds, and now he starts going to stores buying pictures of lawns yeah he puts lawns up and he reminisces. it was great when I had the lawn he cancels all his picnics and stuff and now his whole life is being defined by not having the lawn and then he starts sharing with other people he gets on a chat room oh yes this is my lawn oh yes I do too there's so much shit on my lawn mine too and so now he just some guy finally shows up and he says listen I think I have a solution for you and he, you go alright I'm interested and in he says here's a pooper scooper yeah and if you get really good at it, you'll be able to at least have a, maybe a two-by-five-foot piece of your lawn for your own use. Not for long, but at least for a little while. That's, better, that's good enough. So you get pretty good with the pooper scooper, and you have about an hour, and then as soon as you stop pooper scooping, there's more shit. So you get two of them. And you're really good, and people are hearing about you, and you're starting, you know, people are starting to call you, and you become like a circuit speaker about how to get the shit off your lawns. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and you got autograph models, you know, you got know, Cooper Scoopers, and you're having a good business, and things are going well. You don't have the use of your lawn, but it's like an industry now. You know? <laughs> and so some guy comes in and says hey I think I have a solution for you Says, I I have no problems he says all the shit on your lawn hey what I'm a great speaker I'm I'm on the circuit I'm a lecturer I've written books about shit on lawns what the fuck I have no problem he says well if you ever want to find out find the dog what find the dog what find the dog (laughs) The shit's coming from somewhere. If you find the source of the shit, that's the end of the shit. Yeah. If you got rid of the dog, you wouldn't have to have pooper scoopers. You'd have to give up your new identity. I think you'd really be happy if you did. You know? But the problem is, you take yourself to be the dog. You can't entertain getting rid of it because you call it you. So you have to therapize it. Hopefully it behaves at the next situation. You know, read self-help books. But I'm telling you something that has a parasitical nature, you're never going to make it unparasitical. Alcoholism is like a parasite. It doesn't have a life, it gets one through you. It's not going to change its stripes, no matter how much you go to therapy or try to civilize it. It's a parasitical nature. It doesn't have a life, it has yours. Yes? But if it's not you, that's what happened with me when finally I heard the message hey Paul you may not be that dog yeah then I could get rid of it I could walk away and be I could entertain hey I can be free from that and you know what it's panned out pretty good I've been living on a certain nice level of traveling lighter over the terrain of my life it doesn't mean what's going to happen to me in life has changed you know I've gotten ill and stuff and my girlfriends have gotten cancer and stuff like that but I've traveled lighter over a and that's what more do you want? Instead of that irritability, restlessness as the norm, you know, now I have an ease and comfort as the norm. Pretty sweet. So I'm in this tribe and I try to share it because I like to see people travel lighter. I would. And I, I believe we all have the possibility, but we need to hear the possibility. If you don't hear the possibility, you can't entertain it. Yeah, I was entertaining this thing that self was me and then I had an obsession over me yeah? I didn't know my trying to get out of that obsession was another form of obsession me yeah, I didn't know that self can't get out of self but I did know once I realized I wasn't self the best way to get out of something is to realize you're not in it yeah? if you're not self that's the best way to seemingly escape because <laughs> there's no need to go anywhere yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even Staten Island will be able to hold you down <laughs> you'll be able to break through the vortex of Staten Island <laughs> and be free range alcohol it's Staten Island hallelujah or it may just allow allow you to travel lighter today yeah and then the next day, 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 it'll go into years, and your, your attention will, will uh, leave all the trees and you'll sense the forest, you know, you'll get the bigger picture of things. Your lens won't be so subjectified, it will open up more. You'll be relieved. You won't be running the gauntlet of the hallway of shitting fans, you know? (laughs) You know that hallway, right? The fans on, the shit aligns, and then you go, what? (laughs) How did that happen? That's what used to happen to me out there. I go out, I want to have fun, what I call fun, go to a bar, shoot some pool, drink, would be the coke dealer, buy some coke, and end up in uh, city jail by 12.30 at night. <laughs> and I'd get out. The next day, I'd go out, do basically the same thing, end up in jail, and I was totally surprised it happened. <laughs> How did I end up here again? Well, I did the exact same thing that got me here the night before. This is when you're totally out to lunch. When you're totally unconscious, the thing has its way with you. You have to have light in It doesn't work well in life. It likes you to go home and think about it in the privacy of your own room. And you're just like a rabbit factory. You're just spawning problems. Thinking, oh, I think I can think my way out of it. No fucking way. So check it out. You've been introduced to AA. It's a sound, principled way of life. This may illuminate it a little better. That's the whole point. Illuminate it. Maybe get entertained. Hey, what is that feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity? What's that feeling of Paul? You never even had it your whole life. When you were a baby, you didn't have that feeling. We grew into it. Yeah? So we can actually grow out of it. And when you grow out of it, you realize the growing into it was the root of the problem. Yeah? Because you'll have relief. And the parasite, you'll have immunity to it, so you're not taken over by it every time. After two years, the parasite was talking to me when I got out of Delancey Street. It was attempting to convince me, almost as if if it was another person, yes? It was talking about something every possible way it could to get that irritability stirred up, yeah? Well, I've been missing from all this stuff the last two years, all that, yeah? But the point is, it's sort of like if you were in a stable and you were a horse and you see a jockey and you know, remember that jockey and it wasn't a nice jockey. The last time it rode you, it wasn't so much fun. So you, when you see it, you're a little afraid, you know, like, whoa, and you're kicking it. But it's 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 very convincing. He says, don't worry. It will be different this time. Starts petting your little head. Don't worry. It's going to be great. And then you... But then you let it put its leg over you. As soon as it's on you, it's not convincing anymore. It's talking as you. There's a big line It switches. The convincing is over. Now it's talking as you. There's no debate now to go to the 7-Eleven and buy that shit. You're buying that shit. Yeah? And you're going to keep buying it until it stops. It's like you're going to keep dancing with the gorilla until it decides to stop. This is called a possession. And that's what alcoholism does. Right now, it's at bay. yeah. But any moment, if it starts, what it does, it brings you to a point of surrender, like we talk about in AA. but this is a surrender that's usually exclaimed with the word fucking. It. Yeah? Yeah. it starts running an advertising about some or other. It gets one little foothold, and it's like the beach of Normandy. The whole thing comes in, the tanks, everything rolls up, and it's trying to convince you, and finally it beats you down, and you go, fuck it. And then it provides a solution. Let's get loaded. Let's sleep with our best friend's girlfriend. Let's rob that bank. Some fucking crazy idea. And once you do, because you can, alcoholism cannot drink, it needs you to get its fuel. Yeah? You have to comply. You have to go, yeah. It can't shoot up. It needs this. This is the interface. It wants to get its fuel, but it can't get it. It's not going to go shopping. It needs you to go shopping. And it has to convince you, because for all intents and purposes, you and I should know better by now. But it has to convince us to give up. And that giving up or surrender is a fuck-it. Once the fuck-it is in place, it takes you over. It's now... It's in a whole nother ball game. It's like the genies out of the bottle, yeah. And the, it's very difficult to stop one someone on a run. You have got to wait till they over that, maybe you know, share an invitation about maybe you should get sober again. While they're on that run, there's no way they're listening to you. Yeah. This is called a possession. It's a takeover. We need an immunity to that takeover. Yeah. An immunity. And it says no mental solution can do it, right? No mental defense. There's no mental defense against the first drink. What would happen if the mental condition diminished? That would be a defense. Because then let's say the spiritual dimension dimension would be, in a sense, stronger for you. Not stronger, but for you. And then you have an immunity to it. And then life can start building around you. It takes only one minute to destroy something. It takes a while to build things up. But like if you build a house it may take months but you could blow it up in five minutes, right? You may have worked hard for 18 years of so sobriety it takes one drink to just flush that down the toilet. You've got to see how things have to go on here. Destruction is much quicker than pres- preserving, yes? So I haven't been taken over in a long time and it is a, really a joy not to be ridden by that fucking thing. And I get to remember what it was like by going to meetings. And every time I listen to people, I try to follow where they're talking from, and I realize either I like where I like what they have, or I don't like what they have. Yeah? And I have the ability now to learn from others, where I never even had the ability to learn from myself. I can learn from others now. And I go to a lot more... I can go to tons of meetings now, every chance I get and when I'm, where I live in, because I enjoy the living thing of tradition too, I think it is, that there's a loving God that's expressing itself through our group conscience. Yeah? So, right now, if we took each other individually, you're an asshole, you're an asshole, you're an asshole, you're an asshole, uh, you're you're an asshole, you're an asshole, you're an asshole. But individually, you may be assholes, but together there's a sweet presence, yeah? Because there's a loving God that's magnifying itself through us. There's a lot of juice in AA, a lot of grace in AA, if you open up to it. There's a lot of grace. It can surmount what seems to be insurmountable. Yeah? And then, if that starts occurring, when you're established in that, first you sincerely take that position of reliance on something greater than self. Because, and also in the fear inventory, it says it very clearly. Why are you in so much fear today? Why are you in so much fear today? And he gives us the answer. He says, isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? So the reliance on self, that system of thought and interpretation is a failed system. Yes. Yeah. So when you are relying on it or resting on it, you're agitated. So it says, all right, perhaps there's a better way. Leaving that, that finite system and moving to an infinite one. Yes? Yeah. That's what the steps are doing. It's taking us out of a mental condition and, and, and establishing us into a, quote-unquote, spiritual condition. Yeah. When that happens, then all this shit starts happening to you. You feel a new power flow in. You get to be able to enjoy peace of mind. You sense the conscious presence of this power. Yeah. And then it says on page 84... The problem, you know, you'll cease fighting everyone, anyone or anything, not just alcoholism, anyone or anything. You'll be placed in a position of neutrality, no thought or effort on your part. In other words, you've put the ball down, something else picks it up, yeah, and runs with it. And you'll be placed in this position of neutrality, and then you will, the problem will not exist for you anymore. And I believe how it stabilizes if it doesn't exist as you. If it's not existing as you, if the identification with it's broken, then you'll have the experience it doesn't exist where you stabilize, yeah. and then you're reborn. Exactly. This is what you can expect through the steps, through that that mental dem- mental condition diminishment and the spiritual amplification. That's what happens. They're all he's always talking about effects. He talks about effects of alcoholism and he talks about effects of the relief of alcoholism. Yeah. This is like my twelfth talk in nine days. <laughs> the enthusiasm never wanes when my body's getting fucking (laughs) tired because I I found great value in understanding it really helped me you ever hear of the guys Joe and Charlie the big book seminars they passed away but I went to them for three years my first three years and that had a huge effect on me just a, these two old dudes simple uh, uh, reading the book and just explaining it in a certain way that I could it opened me up to getting it Yeah, that's the same thing we're attempting here just attempting to put it in such simple terms that the mind can easily pick it up and entertain it because yeah? no matter what you think you are what the mind is is much larger and I have faith in that mind that mind can entertain the possibility of being free. That mind can enjoy peace of mind. That mind has an imminent quality called faith that if it's put in the right vehicle, can, can do miracles. To. Simple as that. If you have faith in your thought system, you're going to be full of anxiety. yeah? If you believe in these thoughts going on in your head, all they provoke is anxiety about a future, about regrets of a past, and it's all shitting on the present. If you have that same faith and put into something that's reliable or infinite, then that will express itself as an ease and comfort in your day. It's the same energy. It's just what vehicle is put in. We're, just, we're attempting to move the vehicle of our interest and attention from the mental condition to a quote-unquote spiritual condition. And there's a proven way to assist that, which is the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and participation in its functioning. Yes, that allows you to leave a failed system and move to a system that works. And it's just like if you took a rose bush and you had it in here and you had it in a small pot with not too much soil, with no water and no light, that rose bush isn't blooming. And if it has self-centeredness, it'll be blaming itself for not blooming or envious of ones who have bloomed, or I once bloomed before, what happened to me, what did I do to make it none so all this fucking selfing, but if you just take that rose bush out of that pot and put it in a big pot with some nice soil, some water, and some light, it blooms. It's exactly what's happening there. How could a down-and-out junkie be at peace now? If it was truly a down-and-out junkie, there would probably no possibility of being peace. I was seemingly that, and now I can seemingly be this. Yeah, how? How are you going to erase 20-something years of drug use and drinking? Yeah. You are not that. You facilitated something to express that way, called self. And now we're facilitating a power greater than self to express our way through us. So now, the biggest sinner can look like a great saint. Because they're neither. They're just possibilities. Open up to the possibility of the influence of the program. I'm not saying you aren't, but open up to it. Maybe it is identification itself. Yeah. How do you recognize it? Well, through the word mind. Check it out. How can you me and you let's say you ate a burrito earlier yeah and you're the digester of that burrito and he forgot so now you have a big burrito in there and then you forgot the pizza you had Thursday night and then you got that bologna sandwich for Wednesday morning I mean you gotta you gotta take the whole weekend just to go home and digest the food yeah it sounds funny (laughs) I'm not digesting my food then why do you believe you're the thinker of the thoughts it's a process of the body and the brain Why do you believe you're the thinker of the thoughts, but you don't believe you're the digester of the food? You don't believe you're the beater of the heart. You don't believe you're the pumper of the blood, but a much subtler activity you believe you're the thinker of. Give me a fucking (laughs) break. Because these are the physical activities, and the mental one is what you claim. You claim the mental process. You claim the mental process, but you don't claim the physical process. Yeah? Yeah? You claim the physical doing, but you, it's a mental idea that you're the doer. We're living in a freaking mental realm, and that's why there's so much fucking suffering. This is about telling the truth about that. What makes me a citizen of that place? I say it's identification itself. Find another way if you want to. But know that you'll know the tree or the solution by its fruits. If it brings you a consistent, stabilized traveling light, or you're on to something. We could go into a lot of things, you know, but a simple thing. You know, conscious contact, they usually imply it to mean how to improve your conscious contact with a higher power. But if you really look at what's happening every day, isn't it consciousness and contact? You're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, yes? And it's obvious, like when I was younger, uh, I had a, one of my uncles was really nice to me, and I, I was fond of him, right? And then he passed away, and my mother brought me to the funeral. And they had a wake in an open casket. So we'd walk by to say goodbye to Uncle Fred. And so when I walked by and I looked at Uncle Fred, I realized that wasn't Uncle Fred. It was a body that I was calling Uncle Fred, but something that I believe really was Uncle Fred wasn't active in that body anymore. Life had gone, right? And you could have taken the eye of Uncle Fred. If wasn't damaged and put it into a live body and it would see but it was never going to see again from Uncle Fred's body. Yes? So is it is the eye actually seeing or is it facilitating seeing? And what is it that, it's, that is needed for seeing and hearing and feeling to happen? Consciousness, yeah? Awareness, spirit. There has to be something to move through the brain to allow it to do what it's doing through these five gates, sensing, feeling, tasting, touching. So it doesn't say Paul contact, it says conscious contact. So I would say what's conscious isn't Paul, but consciousness. So consciousness is in contact through this. It's very, very, well, it's a mistake in my view to claim to be the one who's conscious. It's much clearer to just realize your consciousness, in a sense, yeah? Yeah. When the the mental process wants to claim to be doing consciousness. But if you really look at it, the mental process comes later. First there's conscious contact, and then there's a story about it, right? First there's the conscious contact. Before there's a claiming of something, the something has to be seen. So the thought has to be seen before the mental process says, Hey, it's my thought, yeah? What light is illuminating the thought? It's not you, it's consciousness or spirit. I would say we're that. We're that which is moving through, not what it's moving through. And entertaining it was revelatory. My life shifted. And when it shifted, I realized what the problem was. The bondage of self. It's like it's a glue applied all day by K Paul. If you're listening to this thing, I'm telling you, it's having huge effects on what you call you. If you're hearing it, its effects are minimal. But when you're listening to it, when the hearing turns into an interest, then you're fucked. Literally. Just like a relationship. I'm having a great time with a girl, and then suddenly one night she becomes my girlfriend. Now I think I have the right to break her into an email and see who she's meeting. Me now, you know, let's say before you drink, you have a little bit of jealousy. After you drink, you're stalking. You're up on stalking charges. you got to see what happens. The mental process, the mental condition amplifies the mental condition. If you take yourself to be a mental condition, it amplifies the mental condition. It becomes the dominant state. If you minimize it, another state arises. Maybe your body gets healthier, the you gets more important, and the I gets more important, and the me dwindles. And you'll be much better for it, yes? But if you keep thinking, the activity of I is done by me, that the me is what has the body, then you're in a mental state concerning spiritual and physical. You're in a mental state. You're thinking about spirit and you're thinking about a body. You have a body image, how you think you should look, and you're not recognizing the body. Yeah? Everything becomes mental. It's like, you know those dogs when they have mange or something, they put those little cones on? you got a similar one right there. Yeah. Laughter <laughs> all you need is a little bit of a customizer. That's it. So you're walking right this all day. What's <laughs> in your head. I I in head. You can't itch anything. <laughs> just, but you got all this irritability, restless, discontent, but you uh. just... <laughs> <laughs> there is a solution. Bro. There is a solution. So oh, that's it. Any questions? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Ha 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 ha